welcome to this edition of the Entrepreneur's Sushi Club podcast. I cannot wait for today. But before we get into that, I am your host, Gail Edwards. And today I'm joined by my equally lovely co-host, Lubna Zaru. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hey, Lubna. So the Entrepreneur's Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you the insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs because we want to show you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without all that hustle and grinding and slaying all that stuff it's all about the sushi so who have we got with us today <sighs> do you know what i know i know we say it every single time you hear this those of you who are regular listeners you hear us say this every single time and it's because it's true. We go to great efforts to make sure that we bring you the best of the best, and today is no exception. So today we've got with us Ange, and Ange went from being an international mergers and acquisitions lawyer, so big, big stuff, to now being a business intuition mentor. So you can imagine there's some stories in there. But along the way, she has published two books, She's written a lot more in English, which is not her native language, as you can probably tell from the way I pronounce her name, Ange, Ange de Lumière. Anyhow, she helps ambitious female entrepreneurs who are suffering from imposter syndrome to really tap into that inner wisdom so they're able to build their confidence and create a business that lights them up from the inside. And she's on a real mission, let me tell you. She is on a mission to put intuition on the school curriculum from the moment they enter from nursery and kindergarten right through all the way to PhD but starting with business schools. So without further ado I'm going to let Ange take Gosh I'm blushing. <laughs> Look I was already red and now I'm pink. <laughs> so welcome on to the Entrepreneur's Sushi Club. Oh, thank you so much for having me. First, I want to say I've been listening to tons of episodes in my car when I go and do the grocery shop, and it lights me up. So oh, thank oh. you, and thank you also to your other co-host who's not here today, yeah, um, because this is just such a delightful podcast. I feel really, really honoured to be here. Oh, thank you. And we feel honoured to have you with us as well, because... I mean, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of your journey a bit later on, you know, when you tell us about how you went from a corporate acquisitions and mergers lawyer right through to how yeah. you have become now a business intuition mentor. But before we get into all of that, you know, there's only one question here on the Entrepreneur yeah. Sushi Club, because it's all about the sushi. So yeah. I need to know before we even get going i need to know which one is it what's your favorite i've actually thought about this for weeks really weeks because i was like what am i going to say i need to say the right answer right and so i've been thinking and thinking and you know what my favorite sushi i looked at the menu before i joined is oh, wow. the very simple I know, I know. It's the very simple, a slice of fresh salmon on the sushi, oh, right. on the rice. That's it. Yep. That's nigiri. my favorite one. Right, so that's nigiri. It, yeah. It's never disappointed me because it's simple, it's predictable, and it just hits the spot. Mm. Right? Is that like you then, Anne? 
Exactly. And I want to say, because I know I knew you were going to ask me the question after. I also love the ginger, but not the wasabi. So I'm sorry. I'm oh. sorry, because I've been thinking all along, I need to stand up for what I stand for. Absolutely. You know? I'm not going to lie. Wasabi is not my scene. <laughs> but as you know, Ange, I'm all about people standing up in their own. Hallelujah. That's my yep. thing. So yep. if it's about the ginger for you, then you own it, sweetheart. And there's nothing wrong yep. with that. As you know, I'm just all about the wasabi, you know, because I, yeah. I love a little bit, a little bit of zing, a little bit of zing. So how did this... I'm willing to there? try, though. But what I want to say, because there's, as you know, there's a personality thing here. And from working with intuition and the invisible world generally, I started by working with angels. Mm-hmm. I know that if it's complicated, it's human, it's the brain, it's the intellect. If it's simple, it's intuition. Right. And so that's why, for me, it has to be a simple, very, very simple sushi. You know what you're getting. It's crystal clear. There's not too many flavors. It's simple and relaxing, you know, <sighs> compared to your brain where you have all these things firing out all the time. And no, if you're fully aligned, if you're tapped in, tuned on to your intuition, things are just crystal clear and simple. And you're so right. You're so right. You know, we complicate things when we bring the head into it. We let things flow when we act from our gut, from that place of absolute, like you say, knowing. It's that intuition. It's that place of knowing. And then as people become more and more advanced on their journey and they learn to use things like their higher wisdom, they learn to respond from their sacral chakra and things like that, then, of course, we start to expand even more. But before we go into that, Ange, I just wanted to ask you, just going back to the sushi for a moment, you know, how did this love affair with sushi start? Because, you know, we're very clear here on this podcast. When people say to us, oh, but, you know, I kind of like sushi, we're not interested. And we get a lot of people who try to come in through the back door that way. They say, yeah, but I like sushi. And we say, yeah, but how do you really feel about it? Is it one of your go-to or your favorite foods? They say, well, not really. It's all right. No, we are all about entrepreneurs who like doing business. They love business, but they absolutely adore sushi. I do. So the fact that you're here. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So the fact that you're here already tells me that you're our kind of people. Okay. Yeah, and if I get to meet you in person, you and Lubna, we have to have sushi, absolutely. That's so my journey with sushi didn't start with a friend because I heard you say on one of your recent podcasts that everybody else had been introduced by someone, Mm. and it wasn't the case for me. So Mm. how strange is that? Yeah, I love that. So you were already independent trailblazer there. Love that. I'm an explorer for sure. Explorer, love that. And so you might or might know that I'm French, I'm from Paris, Mm -hmm. and I lived there for 36 years with parents who didn't even know what sushi was, okay? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) And what happened is in my second job as a lawyer, I worked north of Léal. I don't know if you know Paris at all. Yeah, I do. And in Léal, it's just wonderful, all these different Mm. kind of foods and everything. And as French people do, on our lunch break, you go to a restaurant. You don't just have a sandwich at your desk. That's uncivilized. (laughs) You have to have a proper meal. Exactly. 
<laughs> and so every lunch, I would go with some colleagues and would have some lunch. So there was a girl from the accounting department, a guy from the finance department, me from the legal department. If they were lucky, there would be some engineers. And one of our favorite places was a sushi place, actually. And I started off with sashimi at first oh, yes. on a nice bowl of rice and everything. And then I moved on. And then after that, you know, I discovered another one and another one. And then when I came to London, because I loved visiting London back then, I had some of my best friends in London. And so then it just, yeah, grew and grew and grew. And I need to say this, even though, you know, it's not a criticism on my husband, but he doesn't like sushi at all. <gasps> he can't even think of the idea of eating raw fish. He's typically British. And you know. so I know, I know. <laughs> well, you know... I do have this belief, though, you know, Ange, that we don't have to be the same to be together. Yeah. So, you know, True. if that works, then good. So that means I can catch up with girlfriends and have sushi with them. Yeah, and peace. <laughs> and no, whenever you need some time on your own, just tell him you're going for sushi. <laughs> Great excuse, idea. by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's my story with sushi. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And yeah. I've been to Japan, by the way. <gasps> For the business, mecca. when I was a lawyer, yeah. And I didn't have sushi there, though. I had tapanyaki, which was a lot of fun. It's so fun. Oh, wow. It's still yeah. on my bucket list to go to Japan, yeah. to be fair. Mine too. Mine yeah. too. Well, it was on business, so I'm not going to lie. You don't see that much. You see airports and taxis and meeting rooms. But I still had a really good time, and I had a lot of fun. That, that meeting was uh, – we had a whole day of negotiation. I think it was with Mitsubishi. And they wouldn't talk to me to start with. That was so fun. Because <laughs> oh, wow. I was wow. a woman. I was a woman. And an all-men team. That was like, yeah, 30 years ago. But cool. yeah, yeah, things are interesting in Japan sometimes. I'm not saying everybody's like that. I think they've evolved. But... <laughs> but the question on my mind, and it's one of the things that I was in the description with this video, is how does a lawyer turn into a business intuition mentor? Yeah, that's a very good, very good question. I've just written my memoir because it's such a story. It's such a journey. And yeah, I've finished the second draft of my memoir. My son has just designed the cover with my Ooh. help. He's very creative and I love it to be. And do you want to know the title? Yes. It's called The Reluctant Business Akashic Reader. <laughs> and that's going to be fun. So nobody knows what the readings are, and that's fine. I do. You do? I do. Oh, you do? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I meant I've maybe the my, listeners don't. I don't know. Yeah, I've had my Akashic records. I remember this is my arena. Um, you know, we're talking about intuition and spirituality. Lots of my clients are intuitive and spiritual entrepreneurs, okay. and one of which actually is also an Akashic record healer. You may know. Okay. I think we've spoken about Marina. Marina. And, you know... Is something that I would encourage anybody, if you've not ha yet had your business Akashic Records done, then I would definitely encourage you to. We're going to be publishing Anj's um, details in the show notes here so you can contact her. But definitely opened up so much for me just in terms of information, but also a lot about me. Yeah. As well, you know. There's... Because the basis, the only reason that I can read business Akashic Records is because businesses have souls. Yeah. Right? That's the starting point. So if that's something that's alien to you, I understand. If you told me that when I was a lawyer, I would say, okay, you're very nice. Just go and have a little walk. 
some fresh air. You'll feel better after that. So this is where I started. And it started, look, now you asked the question. I've been trying to pinpoint where it started, and I think it started with a dream. Okay. Okay. That's where my, I don't want to spoil the memoir, though. But in the first scene in my memoir, I'm revising my law exams, and I'm in tears because I revise PI claims where little kids have been killed in car accidents and lawyers and insurance people are arguing who's responsible. I was just crying every day of my revisions and I didn't want to be a lawyer, not that kind of lawyer. Luckily, I knew I had a plan that and actually, how I got into law is even interesting in itself, but I'm not going to, you know, we only have half an hour. Let's just squeeze everything we can in of interest. We can have you back, Aunt, to tell you your story. Especially when the, book is, when the book's ready to be published, we'd love to have you back. Yeah. So we can talk about You can that. get the first three chapters already. They're ready for downloads. But yes, I would love to come back when the book is ready for launch. Do you know in Paris you have the Chambre de Bonne, which is little student rooms that used to be for maids, etc. So I was in a, a Chambre de Bonne, and my sister lived three stories below me because she was older than me. So she got into my parents' flat, and I was in the little room. And I had a dream about her, and I dreamt she was pregnant, and I dreamt that her boyfriend was leaving her because she was pregnant, and it was this whole mess. And mm. after doing my revision, I decided to go and do some research at the faculty at the university. And on the way down, I was just like, Asking myself, should I tell her? Should I not tell her? Should I tell her? Should I not tell her? I, what if, you know, I just didn't know. And in the end, I thought, I will, because you never know. So I knock on her door and I say, hey, I had a dream about you. <laughs> and she says, oh, yeah, what is it? Well, you were pregnant and Jean left you. It was like, oh, my God, she said. She just runs into her flats, into the bathroom and I just follow her, wondering what the heck is going on. She comes out with her peel thing. I forgot my peel. And she said, thank God you told me. And then, okay, fine. Bye, girl. And I went to uni and I just went to do my studies. And that was it. That was that. But I didn't do anything with it. It was just that one of these things that you just don't know. I had no one to turn to. I didn't understand what was going on. So for a couple of years, nothing else happened, okay? That's the only one I'm going to share because after that, I don't want to spoil the book. But the second instance is I finally, I'm in my third year and we're doing a gap year because I was an Erasmus student and I went to UKC, University of Kent in Canterbury to do a year before I finished my degree back in France. And I meet this really nice American girl who was doing a gap year as well and her brother is in a coma. And she asked me if I can, like we sympathized. We had like a big party for the international students before the UK students joined. And she says, you know, uh, I could really do with some support to call my parents to see how my brother is. Would you like to come? Da, 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 da. And I say, yeah, that's fine. I'll come. So this girl is obviously, you know, in distress because she's flew all the way from Boston to the UK for her gap year, but her brother's unwell. And the following night, her brother comes in my dream and say, tell my sister I'm going to be fine. Tell her I'm going to be fine. Just tell her. I'm like, shit, not again. I have to tell, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if it's a clean podcast. So I'm like, agonize over breakfast. Should I tell her or not? Should I tell her or not? If I give her false hope, what is going to happen? I'm going to tell her brother's okay and he's going to die and I'm going to feel bad forever. This is worse than the story with my sister. You know, she's yeah. my sister. So I kind of like agonize, agonize. I'm like, like, no, I've got to say it. I'm sorry. 
if I've had this dream, I've got to say it. I've got to share it. Yeah. So I do. I do. And I'm like trembling, right? Trembling with all these ethics going on in my head and this palpitation and trepidation. And she calls her parents in the afternoon to find out how her brother is. He snapped out of coma. He's fine. And I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> but then I'm still like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> no, I'm not doing anything with this. So I resisted probably for 10 years. I kept on having these little things. And every time it kind of moved the needle a little bit. But I had no one to talk to. You know, my dad was like a devout Catholic my mum was a complete atheist, so none of them could really help me. And the only person who could help me was my grandmother, who was psychic, but she had a bad experience with her psychic gifts. She had a day job, you know, she was not a professional psychic. And she decided one day that she would never touch the tarot again and not talk to anyone about it. So I didn't even know she was psychic. That's how she had turned the page on it. So yeah, that's how. And so perhaps the turning point was when I, so I moved to the UK, that, you know, fast forward, I had a 15 year career as a lawyer. I moved to the UK because I was offered an amazing job in London with a company that we created, that we launched on the stock market. And my boss was promoted as the head of legal and he took me in his suitcase. And I had two little children who were at the time four and one. And I left my husband in the process. So that was... Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. and, and it's the psychic who helped me have the courage to kind of like mm -hmm. do that. So I have a lot of respects for psychic people. I've been mm. very lucky to come across some really, really powerful ones. But um, still, Ange, what was the moment that you decided I'm fully embracing this gift? Oh, it, it mm. took years. So let's move forward. Okay. Yeah. So I lose my job. Well, first I moved to London and then a few years later I lose my job and I'm like, I'm going to give myself permission to do all the things I've never given myself permission to. Ooh. You know, I've been the good girl. I got the nice job. I did the career that, that. So I decided to kind of embrace the inner artist in me. And also because this lady back in France had helped me so much to move to the UK and leave my French husband, I decided to have another psychic reading. Okay. And just like that for fun, you know. What possessed me? I don't know. But I go there, and at the end of it, she asked her husband to come in. She brought through my grandmother and everything. It's got nothing to do with business at this point, but you'll see. And she, she just asked her husband to come in. He checks my hands because he's a palm reader, and it gets a bit uncomfortable at this point because I'm not into that kind of stuff. And she turns to me. She says, do you know that you have angel dust coming out of your hands? And i like, wow. at this point, I want to run out. I'm like, I'm done with this. <laughs> I don't want to hear any, any of this. <laughs> but I'm very polite. So I said, yeah, thank you very much. Goodbye. And I sit in my car for hours and I think, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? I have no idea. I'm a single mom of two kids. I'm a lawyer. I need to feed my kids. That's not going to feed my kids. But then I think if I have this gift, I'm supposed to use it. Yeah. So on the side, I trained in spiritual healing, then I trained in Reiki, all the way to Reiki Master. But I had this real interest in intuition and psychics. So I started what I call my PhD in intuition, which means that basically I went to see psychics as often as possible. <laughs> 
and observed them and kind of try and understand how they worked and everything else. And every single psychic I went to said to me, you should be doing what I do. You should be doing what I do. And so I thought, okay, first there was the lady with the angel dust. <laughs> now there's the people with the tarot. Okay, I'm going to train in tarot. What's the harm? Yeah. So I went for a weekend intensive. And in that weekend intensive, you know, everybody comes with a friend to tarot classes. I didn't. I was on my own. I always do that. There's a pattern there with you, Ange. <laughs> You'll tell me. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, because I was on my own, I was paired with the teacher. So I had to practice doing a tarot reading on her. And I was like, this is just my luck. <laughs> but anyway, I did the reading and I saw her having another kid, pregnancy, all that sort of stuff. And she said, you're brilliant. And I was like, I was trembling. And I was like, okay, so I guess if I have this gift, I have to use it. So that's what I did. And for years, I trained in clinical hypnotherapy, which was my main business at the time. And then on the side, I would do the tarot. It took me years to come to the point where I fully embraced it. And that was 2018. Right. So it's quite a recent embracing. But uh, of all of done, it. Yeah. I did. What you've done since then is pretty phenomenal. What you've done with it. Yeah. Since then. Yeah. yeah. So what I realized when I did those tarot readings is that I got really frustrated with the people who came to me, even though I loved them to bits, because they wanted answers like I had the answers for them. And that made me super uncomfortable because mm. I started, you know, looking into the law of attraction, knowing that we create our reality. I was a clinical hypnotherapist. I knew how much our thoughts influenced our lives. And I knew that, okay, I knew that any reading that I was doing at one point would only reflect what would happen if they continued to do what they were doing. And so I don't know how I came across a book on Akashic Records because I'm a long life learner. I love to read. I'm always reading. And I came across this book. And when I read it, I thought, that's what I'm doing. I'm actually doing Akashic Records reading because I always aim for the higher truth, something that is going to be helpful for everyone, not just the reader. I always refuse to, you know, you know, when some people come to you and say, has my husband cheated on me? I was like, I'm yeah. sorry, I can't do that. This is not me. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. And what was really funny as well is most people who came to me for readings needed healing as well. So I knew that it was like a holistic thing. And so I suppose at one point, I embraced the fact I was doing Akashic Records reading. And then I decided, and this is the bit where I got serious about it. I put money on the table. I put 8,000 pounds of training on the table to train with a lady who created her Psychic Business Academy. And she confirmed the fact that, yeah, Business Akashic Records were my specialty and we trained. And I wouldn't say I learned a lot of new things with her, but I built my confidence in myself because I suffer mm -hmm. from such a big imposter syndrome that it doesn't fit in my room, <laughs> in the room behind me. So I needed someone to kind of, because I don't consider myself psychic. I still don't. So I needed that training just to make me, you know, realize, no, 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 just because I can't see and I can't hear, like most people who teach intuition and psychic gifts do, I still have a talent. And what I realized, which excites me to no end, is that because I know I can teach entrepreneurs because that's the main way that they receive intuition. So I'm more in tune with entrepreneurs than most psychics out there because I'm like them. I doubt it because it's just something that you know and you don't know why you know it or where it came from. It's just there. It lands in you. You have this knowing or you have this gut feeling. And so 
yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's... Yeah, no, what I love about your story, Ant, is that you've given us insight into how a journey can go from even something like a lawyer. I mean, I'm from the compliance sector. I've been an auditor. I've been an it or zeros and one. And I still remember the time when I said to people, I'm doing neuro-linguistic programming. And they were like, are you mad? How can you go to a training like that being an IT or someone who thinks in zeros and ones. And and what I love about your story is that we get the signs from the universe, whether you believe it or not, whether you want to adapt to it. But there are some things that happen that you cannot explain. Absolutely. Some things that you cannot give an explanation to, even in the language of zeros and ones, something that we've all experienced and maybe science hasn't caught up on it yet. So if you're someone who really values science, then know that science is always behind on some of the things that happen. And there is a vast reach of experience-based of these things. And I think that that's good because the purpose of our podcast is to show insight into these stories and to show the insight into the personality of sushi adoring entrepreneurs. So I love that story. It does bring me to one of our most important questions of the podcast, which is if your personality, which we've gotten a little bit of an insight into, were a sushi, what would the ingredients be? Well, actually, Libna, um, (laughs) actually, I has already answered that question. Oh, sorry, I missed that. No, that's That's okay. okay. But what I'm interested in as well is using Lubna's question rather than what if you were a sushi. The business. What about your business? Because your business is slightly different. So if your business were a sushi, okay, with all the Ah. things that you've just told us and the evolution of it, what would it be and what would the ingredients be and why? And of course, we know you wouldn't have any wasabi because you've already told us that you <laughs> she's, a, she's a ginger girl. This is really hard to answer, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm going to say something very, very brave here, okay? Please, very brave. Please, because my business, I have a main business guide, and I don't know what kind of sushi he would like. So I need to kind of try and guess. And Love I would that. say, hang on a minute. I would say probably the same as me, but with a lot of wasabi. <laughs> oh, oh, so your business will have wasabi. So that's salmon yep. nigiri. So it's a salmon yep. nigiri, but with the wasabi. Yep. This, I love that. I love yep. that because that's where you get that extra spice from, you know. Yeah. That- he was a man and he was mm. a lot more, I'm like a gentle person, whereas he was mm. pretty full on. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that Lovely. courage, that courage that you have in your business, it really helps to move people forward and, and expand them into their full potential. That's the wasabi. Yep. Yep. Love it. That's love, it love, it, love it. Love it. Love it. As we're moving into the last couple of minutes of our time together for now, because I'm sure we're going to get you back. So if someone is listening right now and thinking, I want my business Akashic Records read. How do they get in touch with you? So I have a website called theintuitionrevolution.co.uk. Easy to find me there. I have a group on Facebook that I absolutely love, which is called Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. Beautiful. I'm on Clubhouse. I have the Intuition Hour, which I hope people will join at 7.30 every Monday, starting next Monday, actually, where you can ask me any question about intuition. And I would probably encourage them to sign up for my webinar, which is on, let me just check. It's not next Monday. It's the one after the 24th at 10 a.m. 
because I will be taking them through the four steps to trusting their intuition in business. And I know that with teaching intuition, the personality of people is so important. I'm not going to be for everyone. I'm very grounded. I don't talk about goddesses. Okay. You will not hear me talk about it. My tagline is that you can learn to trust your intuition without meditating, without wearing crystals, and without giving up on coffee and wine. So that's my tagline. I am not your, you know, traditional woo-woo girl. Love that. Love and, that. Yeah. And so I would love for them to experience that. If we could share the link for them to sign up for the webinar, they will get a workbook, a 19-page workbook that they could work through themselves which asks you, because what I realized, because I've been running a five-day challenge for almost a year now on how to trust your intuition. And what I realized is that people don't trust their intuition because they don't recognize it. So in my teaching, I show people how they receive their intuition, which is, it's very unique. Everybody receives it in a different way, in a different part of their bodies and different times in different ways as well. So I'm really here to show people that there's no cookie cutter approach and that there's a whole symbology. You have to understand your symbols, your life. You know, there's universal symbols, there's cultural symbols, and then there's personal symbols. You have to understand all of that because your intuition is going to speak to you in symbols, not in words. Exactly. And so this is the journey that you can embrace. But what I will say, though, is I teach my VIPs how to work in their Akashic Records you know, in their business. And that is an energy that is super supportive of tapping into that bigger picture and that intuition. You don't need to be clairvoyant, clairaudient. If you just open the records before you start working, you're working them all day. It's almost like you leave your ego and your doubt at the door and you do things so much quicker. It's like putting a turbo into your car. People don't understand how I do as much as I do by working one day a week because I homeschool my kids. And oh, now you're talking wild language now you're getting into my zone <laughs> working smarter and not harder and yeah and I love what you shared and I love that people can get in touch with you because if you're listening to this even if there is a little inkling mm, that is so called cool. curiosity you don't have to believe in it no, if you need to thinking right now I don't know what she's talking about if you're feeling curious, just a tad curious, reach out and just go with an open mind. You don't have to do anything. It doesn't change you. Just listen and experience it. Because let's be honest, the more we know about ourselves, the better we will be, the better we can show up into the world. So, Ange, thank you so very much. Can I have one spending- or two seconds more of your time? I want to pull a card for you from my business deck. One each, Ooh, yeah? Because this is yes, a deck please. that I've prepared. You know, it's based on the 15 years of tarot experience yeah. and business that I have. So who wants to have one first, just for fun? Gail, hey. I'll start with you. Okay. So what does Gail's business want her to focus on right now? Let's have a card. I'm going to be writing this down. I've got my book. Oh, Gail, you got intuition. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You can't I'm invent these things, can you? <laughs> I'm not surprised. All right, Lubna, your turn. Yes, I do yes, three yes. readings, by the way, in my group every Monday. So as well, it's a lot of fun. So Lubna, what does Lubna's business want her to focus on right now? What does your business want you to focus on right now? Let's have a check. Lubna, you ready? Yes. 
Yours is strategy. <laughs> Do you know what? You really could not make this up. Lubna and I, right, we talk fairly often, fairly consistently, and we are always in each other's business, so to speak. And it's always the same thing. I focus on the intuition, you know, the and the, oh, the focus no. is on the strategy. Is that not true, Lubna? Absolutely, 100%. 100%. This is so in alignment. It really is. Fun. Oh, I love these cards. Honestly, I do. Honestly. I really do. I don't sell them. They're only for my VIPs at the moment, but I know when the time is right, I will do a Kickstarter for them. There's nothing like that on the market. You know, you have trademark. They're really classic things. Upper limit, niche. Lovely. And, yeah. Love it. So, and thank you so much. Honestly, it's been such a pleasure having you here with us today. And we could continue talking to you literally all day. There's no doubt. But, unfortunately, we can't. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. we can't. We have put all your contact details in the show notes, in this episode notes. So, please, to all of our listeners, go there, contact Anne. She's got a webinar coming up that you heard her mention. Please, please, please go and seek, seek her out. Okay, you will not regret it. So all that's left for me today is to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club. And we would like to know what's been your biggest takeaway from the conversation? You've heard that Lubna and I have had many, okay? So please take a moment, share this with us in our Facebook group, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club. You'll find the link in the description of this episode as well, um, Facebook group. However, if you do know someone who will also benefit from listening to the episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with them. If you know another sushi-loving entrepreneur and you think, oh, my friend would be really great on that podcast, then contact us, let us know. It has been an absolute pleasure as always. And that's it from us for now. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Have a lovely day. Pleasure. And thank you for being with us. Have fun. See you on the next one. Bye. Bye.